Welcome to episode 90 of the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Stuart Butler, fresh on the heels of high-tech 2018. And I'm joined today with three of my fellow Fueligan friends. There's lots of Fs there. Hey, Pete, zero in the number. Whoop, whoop. It is. It's 90. Episode 90. Nine zero. We've been doing this for a long time now. Ninety episodes. Exactly ninety. Actually, eighty nine episodes. Of while we're talking we're, we're right at now. ninety, almost ninety. <coughs> we're in the midst. Yep. As it were, uh, as long as this airs. So. Hey, Melissa's here too. Hey. Melissa. So. Yes. You have a fan. I do. Yeah, I was at the show and someone said to me, at High Tech, always be testing. That is awesome. Did they just come over and just start quoting? We were in the middle of a conversation about stuff, and they looked at me with a cheeky grin and said, always be testing. I heard there's a drinking game that anytime we say always be drinking, we take Always a drink. be testing? Yeah. Or always be drinking? Always be testing. Yeah. We, so we, you would be hammered by the end of the show because <laughs> we've already said it five times. That's true. But yeah, so people are listening to the show. And, that is good and news. We need to get uh, t-shirts next year that says, just yes. say always be Ooh. testing. Yeah. Cool. Good call. Yeah. Hey, and Phillips. Wait a here. minute. What? Stay on that for a second. Yeah. Why do we have to wait till high tech to get those? Let's shirts? just get them. Yeah. Because right. we could like no, send them out now. to listeners and stuff. Yeah, we can totally do those giveaway to listeners. Catchphrase, nice. We have one that just says hello. <laughs> yeah. And one that says always. It's not going to have the same effect. That could be like the new question. trending hashtag. And we can have a B news one. Yeah. B news. Oh, you're depressed. We'll save that for the end. So we, we got a yin and a yang of uh, B news this week. So you got some sad news. I got some happy news. So, And Phil's with us today. Hey, everybody. Good to be back. How's it going, sir? Oh, it's going. Yeah? A little tired. What? It's Friday. Long yeah. long week. Yeah. It's, you guys didn't do any work this week because I was out at high tech. Yeah, that we just not sat true, here sir. and, you know, <laughs> not true, did sir. nothing. False. False. So today, if you read our clickbaity um, headline or title for the episode secrets revealed from high tech 2019 18 uh, uh, 18 yeah that would be really good if that really top secret if it was 2019 <laughs> but no, there aren't really secrets it's just going to be our annual recap of the show what we saw what we liked you know what we felt the overall vibe was that kind of stuff so if you missed high tech uh in houston this year we'll, we'll kind of give you a little bit of a rundown in uh breaking news everybody we decided, well, I'm going to put it out there, so we have to do it. Next year's show, I was talking to uh, Lauren Gray, who, who was there at the show. He's who we do the HSMAI This Week in Hospitality Digital Marketing live show with each week on Fridays, which you can get on Facebook, YouTube, if you just search for This Week in Hospitality Digital Marketing. He might want to uh, rethink that title. Yeah, it's, it's long. We make fun of him for that. Anyway, and look, I'm wearing a little lapel pin from This oh, Week in Hospitality. Oh, look at you, all snazzy. Right. But... And, and Lauren doesn't know this. He'll find out um, no, now, not. listening to this. But it's kind of because it's it's not a evenly distributed mass on the shape of the logo. The H kind of sits, sits out. It doesn't stay upright. Like it turns upside down. <laughs> yes, it does. So it's, it's always a bit wonky. Is that me or does it look like it's the holiday? Uh, it does look like a holiday in yeah, H. Holiday in H. A little bit. Lauren, Lauren uh, stole it. But it, he gave us a, a, the host's co-host a lapel pin, so I'm going to wear it with pride when I do the show, which I just finished recording. But anyway, I was talking to him, and um, you know we've been at the HSMAI events, the digital conference in New York, a couple of times, and done live interviews there, right, to, for the attendees and see what's up in the industry. We're going to do that next year at High Tech. So next year, Fuel's going from a 10 by 10 booth to a 10 by 20 booth, and one side of the booth we're going to have it set up to do interviews with people and we're going to live stream the whole show we're going to talk to vendors about what's cool what's going on and we're going to talk to attendees about what they've liked and stuff like that so that you heard cool. it here first next year which is going to be in uh, minneapolis uh we're going to be doing live streams from the show floor on high tech you we, said it you got to do it now yeah that's pretty exactly. awesome uh, they'll forget you know that's a year from now <laughs> well you've already free ice the cream space, so at the 2019 high tech booth What'd you say? Free ice cream. If they're gonna forget, let's give them something <laughs> to forget. Teslas. We're gonna be giving away Tesla. <laughs> People don't want to blow up. 
We're going to be given the one away that went to space. Oh, yes. You just got to pick it up. But it's yours if you pick it up. So, I really want keep, that roadster. You can keep Starman as well. All right. So uh, what's going on on the Newsaroos? So Pete, uh, Phil, you, this is your first this Newsaroo. This is my first Newsaroo. I didn't realize we changed it. What I'm do you think of that? I like it. I like it. It's better than Newsies. No. Anything's better than Newsies. Newsaroos is so The only so reason fun to we say. changed from Newsies was because every time we said it, Pete got mad. So. <laughs> Newsaroos is News way reminds me of Dunkaroos. Yes, that's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, do you have a of I do have a Newsaroo, and it's pretty cool. I'm excited about it. So, um, Amazon launched an Alexa system for hotels recently. Uh, actually, just beat out Siri. They were testing both, but uh, they ended up going with Alexa for hotels, which is. This is Marriott think, that did this. Yeah, Marriott. Thanks, Pete. Um, and I think um, well, different uh, Marriott Amazon properties. launched it. At Marriott is their test bed, right? That's there you right. go. So I think it's going to go to Marriott, Weston, St. Regis, Aloft, and the Marriott Autograph Collection starting this summer. But um, I, I just think this is a really cool idea. It's going to people are going to be able to order order room service, or you know, if they have smart lights and temperature and all that cool stuff in the rooms they can do all that through their amazon alexa turn on the tv all that fun stuff i hope people realize what a big deal this is so now amazon has integration to a lot of your property management systems so they have a a variety of systems that they're already integrated with that allow you to you know let you know very similar to a lot of those guest management systems that you can report maintenance needs you can order you know, room service. But in addition to that, you have all the benefits of, you know, in Alexa. In addition to the property being able to see usage, interact with the guest, and it just becomes an amazing tool that I really think people are going to have to adopt quickly because this is super valuable. And you get a you get an opportunity for an easy upsell too. You have something like, like they mentioned here, spa appointments, you know, booking, right. booking things like that. Yeah, and it, it'll take a while to get all the integrations done, right? They're, they're test betting with, with Marriott. They've integrated with their systems. But for independent properties, the kind of properties that are listening to this show on the, on the mainstream, not, they're not going to have access to all that yet. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to take some time. But this, this is really good. You know, we've been talking on the show a lot about this. Mm-hmm. And, and not everyone's in agreement in the industry about voice in, in the hotel room. My position has always been, and has not changed, which is... If this is a utility that we get used to as as people in our homes, we're going to expect this in our hotel rooms. There's not another utility that we have that we're used to in everyday life that when we that we don't get when we go to a hotel, right? We expect TV, we expect water, <coughs> we expect electricity, we expect Wi-Fi, which we didn't until we all got Wi-Fi in our houses, right? So if we're controlling every part of our life with our voice everywhere else, it would be ludicrous to think we wouldn't do it in a hotel room. Now, mm-hmm. how that manifests may change, right? It may be Alexis today. It might be some kind of dummy device or our own bring your own device in the future. I don't know. But hotel rooms have to embrace this. Otherwise, they're going to be left behind. Mm-hmm. It's going to be as required as Wi-Fi within the next couple of years. Yeah. So th- this is cool because we, you know, we talked a few weeks ago about... Um, the blueprints, right? Alexa blueprints, where you can build your own custom skills. And we talked about doing things like this, where it's what's the Wi-Fi password? You know, simple informational stuff, but this takes it to a whole nother well, level just, because it just it's integrated. You, it shows you how fast Amazon moves because they heard the podcast and then they put this all <laughs> together within a matter of weeks. It's insane. Yeah, I got I got an email from Bezos right after the show. Yeah. And he's asking you to build on the idea. Yeah. He's like, you don't mind if I borrow this, right? Like, You don't have any patents. I'm (laughs) super curious what people are going to use it for most. Is it going to be, you know, like what floor is the vending machine on or weather or something like that? I think it's going to start with the the same way people start using the regular voice assistants. You know, music, one of the things that they're they're talking about is being able to play white noise, Mm -hmm. wake up calls. I mean, all those things that are very basic. But it's going to get to the point where it's hard. Like I said, there's four properties or systems that they're already integrating with. DigiValet, IntelliGy, uh, Nuvola, and Valera are two property management type 
platforms for yeah. you know, issue related ish systems. So that's going to be great because you can already start saying now book that spa appointment. Yeah. They're not going to get there immediately, but it's it's, it's going to be coming. iterative. Yeah. yeah, it is. But I mean, the, if you watch the video that when they rolled this out, really bad acting by the way in that video. It's terrible. <laughs> But the, the utility was there. Just the simple thing of walking in a hotel room and saying lights on. Great, right? Turn the TV to channel whatever. Turn it to ESPN. Because that's just solved two problems. Literally, I was at the Mar the Marriott Marquis in Houston this week for high tech. The bedside light, it took me literally three minutes to figure out where, where the switch was for that light. If I could just come in and say lights on, lights off. Sounds like wax on, wax on. I say lights on or lights off. That helps me. How many times does it, how long does it take you when you're in a new place to figure out which channel number? Oh, it's the worst. A specific uh, channel is. Yeah, I know when so I go annoying. in, I want to watch CNN or ESPN or whatever it is, but then I have to figure out for that location what number it is. That's a pain. If I can just say, turn the TV on to ESPN, that's just improved my experience or, and save my time. Turn the temperature to 70 degrees, mm -hmm. something like that. Well, exactly. Look, and, look at it this way. Coming up, when you book, hopefully Marriott already has a system set up. When you book, you can put in some type of Amazon ID. So when you check into your room, it is it, it your it. Alexa. So so that's what they've done. So they basically, when you create the booking, at some point through the process, you as an individual consumer can connect. You can give permission to connect your stay to your Amazon account. The hotel doesn't get any of your credentials. It's just a handshake between the property and someone you authorized to, to use. You're going to have mm -hmm. to authenticate. Go to an Amazon page <laughs> and log in, right, so that they know. But it does. It is yours. Right. You can play your audiobooks, your playlists. You can do whatever you do on your account. It's going to have your payment information. That's what I was going to right. ask you. You can say order room service and it can, yeah. you know, it can go through that. So, yes, it is personalized. And if you think about it right now, if you're a hotel and you wanted to put 100 – Alexas before this, if you want to put a hundred Alexas in in your room, they're all tied to your Amazon account. You mm -hmm. can't play music in all of them unless you've got the music unlimited stuff. So it, it's it's not ideal. Right? Well, it was a novelty because the there was no way of driving the ancillary revenue, and right. now you can or control it. There was no control right. panel, right? So there's a lot of things that that this fix. So side note, and this is kind of a precursor to the rest of the show. So one. So at high tech every year, they do this um, 20X thing, which is like startups. They usually have about 15, 20 startups in the hospitality industry. They don't have a full booth. They have a little stand and they can stand there and pitch to you their idea. And these are usually new companies that are less than a year old that are trying to get traction in the industry and people vote to see what their favorite one is. So there's this one that, that I talked to this year. Uh, by the time I got there, a lot of them shame on them, weren't at their booths or at their stands, which is terrible if you're trying to start out. But there was one called Room Genie. So look at this. This is the collateral for it. Not you at home. I'm showing this to the other guys. Room Genie is essentially hospitality skills for Alexa. <laughs> they were launching this week. Wow. They had no idea that uh, Alexa was coming out with uh. their own. So I'm like, uh, womp to them. <laughs> Uh, so what differentiates you guys? But they, they're essentially doing the same thing. So you can say, order me new towels, stuff like that. They've created mm. a dashboard, custom skills. Um, well, couldn't that be useful for independence then? Yeah. So, well, but so could hospitality eventually, right? Yeah, well, sure. They've got to do the integrations. But the, these guys are, are, are thinking the same way as Alexa or, or as Amazon is in, in terms of unique skills. They claim, they didn't get specific with me. I, I, don't have, I only had about five minutes to talk to them. But they claim that they they have more functionality than Amazon or Alexa hospitality does. So that's not, if you're interested in Amazon hospitality um, or that kind of voice functionality, then that might be someone you want to check out. It's, we should it's put just, that, it's uh, called Room Genie. We'll put a link on the show notes, which is fueltravel.com slash podcast and click on episode 90. Kind of the last thing I was thinking about in terms of this product is Amazon beat a lot of other big players to this market. Yeah, why is Google not in this? Exactly. You, know? you got you got Apple. Apple. Well, they Google, beat Apple. That, I mean, Apple. It was between it was between Amazon. It was and Siri Apple, or and or they, they yeah. went with Alexa rather than Siri. Yeah. So. I think it's going to be one of those things where Amazon's got a huge first mover advantage mm -hmm. because well, a got, huge, huge, huge. I I don't speak well. <laughs> I don't speak goods. 
Pause. But my, my point being that they have this great first mover advantage, and once a, a hotel adopts one Amazon device, it's going to be really hard to say, you know what, maybe we should switch over and start using Google Home. Yeah. Am- Amazon's winning the battle right now. Yeah. I mean, on, on the consumer front as well. They're outselling Google If they Home. fix their search that's problem, I would love it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, that's that's Amazon That's a hosp- big news of Rue. It is. It's, there's a fundamental need in the hospitality industry to embrace this because if you don't, you're going to be left behind because cons- consumers are going to demand it. Done. Doo-doo, Next newsaroo. Is that is that our official? <coughs> yeah, it's, it's got to be based on Blue's Clues. Newsaroo. All right, all right. So this one is from Expedia Media Solutions, and the headline. Yeah, hold on, hold on, back okay. up. Plinth time. Like with full disclosure. Okay, we, at some point, we got to get to the podcast topic. No, screw that. Yeah, okay. Hey, we're on a plinth for this one. So go. We are absolutely on a plinth for this one, and. When I read the headline and one of the two of the things to watch for, you'll see why. Anyway, the headline is nine travel marketing trends to watch for in 2018. And who was this from? Expedia Media Solutions. And it was published on FocusWire, right? So reputable distribution channel, publisher, Mm -hmm. reputable company, nine trends that you, Pete DeMeo, Melissa Cavanaugh and Phil Frisca that you need to pay attention to. I mean, I'm excited by this. I mean, well, yeah, this is going to be cutting it's, edge it's trends. Huge. Trends. They are huge trends <laughs> that I need to be paying attention to or else. Yes. All right. And the trends are attention or your focus is the new currency. Wait, well, well what? Yes, you want to have people's attention. <laughs> All right. Because that was never a thing before, right? So this is a trend. This it's is something new, new yeah. right? That you yeah. need guest attention. All right, that's number you, one. You'll need that. Mm-hmm. You'll need to think bigger than product. Okay. So so like brand perception? Yeah, that like and experience and things like that. Are oh, important. wow. So it's not just the building I'm in, but the, right. how I treat my guests. Right, okay. that wow. matters. That, I mean, that is revolutionary. And they point out specifically how <laughs> millennials are not just buying a product. They're buying into a lifestyle. Why just millennials? Why? Because <laughs> millennials. Yeah. Just because millennials. Yeah, buzzword. Number three is creativity backed by insights. So don't just do creative things, but also creative things that achieve your business objectives. What? Oh, wow. yes. So make decisions based on information? Yes. Okay. Always be testing. Man. Everybody drink. <laughs> Damn it, Pete. <laughs> All right, what's the next one? Uh, follow from there, it's real-time optimization to always be testing. And optimize your they site. They've definitely been listening to the podcast. Yep. They sit there with, Je- with Bezos every single mm-hmm. week listening to the show. Yep. All right. Number five is dedicated moments. So focusing on your, your guest mm-hmm. and giving them those like moments. Hospitality. Yep. Like one, yeah. Okay. So now we start getting into the really valuable stuff. Add utility <laughs> to your advertising. What? what? Yes. Be helpful? Help, not sell? Well, I think mostly this is focusing on, did you know that there are these great tools that Expedia Media Solutions offers? Oh. Uh, <coughs> but yes, add utility. Uh, brand differentiation is number seven. Stand what? out from the what? crowd. What? Stand out from the yeah. crowd? Yeah. Well, number eight is really going to shake up the world. Be relevant. No way. See, this whole time, we've been focusing on irrelevance. Like we try to make ourselves as irrelevant <laughs> as possible to our customers. Is is this a plinth or sorry, is this I'm just, just a soapbox? <laughs> no, it's it's a, like a double reinforced plinth at this point. Okay, and, and then, then nine, nine. Nine is connecting the dots. So follow the customer through the entire journey. I actually care about your customer all the time. I don't know if it's caring. I think it's more about just from and their example is from TV commercial to the storefront to search pages, tie that experience together so it's uniform. Treat people like people. Hey, so this is what probably happened. So Focus Why I reached out to someone at Expedia and said, hey, we need an article. Someone said, I've got five minutes to throw, throw some crap together. <laughs> and that's what they did. That's what stuck. I mean, these are industry thought leaders, man. Come on, you're better than this, you know? Well, it's tagged as best practices. Yeah. Okay, you know what else is a best practice? <laughs> Don't punch your guest in the face when they check in. You know? That, that's, that's the level that we're talking about right here. It's like, make sure that there's a bed in the room when they get there. Trend, top trend, 2018. Make sure that there's air conditioning in your hotel. 
I mean, that's that's the level that we're at right now. What happened to you in Houston? <laughs> Dude. So, are we done with the newsaroo? Yeah, I think we're we done. We must be done. So, I mean, our, our, our point is is that <laughs> we don't think that's horse. a great article. No. It, but it, if it you want to take a look at it for yourself, it check out the, the podcast oh, notes. Hey, next time uh, Focus Wire, you want nine travel marketing trends, ask us instead. Yeah. You know, we just published our first article on, on uh, Focus Wire last week. We were asked to... They followed up. We did the, it's actually on voice search. So we did the podcast episode on, on voice search and they reached out to me and said, Hey, would you, we'd like to do an article, something about this. So I wrote a piece about, you know, the, the trend of voice search and how it's going to impact the hospitality. Now industry. you need to update it because of Well, I need to add. Yeah. The Amazon add the, add, yeah, it's fine. I'll write another one at some point. They might not have us back on. Just put a, just put a comment on there with a link to this episode. It'll be, right. there you go. it'll be good. Well, I, I linked to this ad- episode. Or this article is directly to the Expedia Media Solutions okay. article. Okay. So they, they did it, and then they did a regurgitation on Focus Wire. The, the Focus Wire is the one I read. Okay. Yeah. I'm, this is the one directly from Expedia Media Solutions. Okay. All right. So you want to hear my horror story? Yes. From, yes. From, from High Tech. I've been teasing you guys with this all day. So I was originally supposed to fly out on Monday at 7.45 a.m. To, and I had, I had changed my flight from 2.30 to 7.45 a.m. because, specifically, because England's first soccer game in the World <laughs> Cup was on, and I wanted to get to Houston, find a bar, and watch it, right? So I wanted to get there in time for the kickoff. So I did that. I was all happy with myself. So Sunday night comes. I get the notification on my app. says, ready to check in. Like, go do that. Great. About an hour after that, I get an, another notification that says, your flight is canceled. <gasps> I'm like, canceled i mean delayed maybe but canceled so then i go on google try to figure out what's happening so psa which is the local carrier between Myrtle beach and charlotte had canceled between thursday and friday had canceled 600 flights some quote-unquote computer glitch right so i'm like freaking out because now what do i do so i'm on i call american airlines literally on hold for two hours, <gasps> two oh, hours, man. okay. At about two hours and three minutes, I get another notification saying you're rebooked. I'm like, I didn't do anything, but okay, let me look at the itinerary. So the new flight was the original flight that I was meant to be on that I had changed because I wanted to get in for the soccer. So I'm like, screw it, this is tough because now I'm gonna miss the England game or I'm gonna have to watch it on the plane, whatever. Okay, couldn't live with that. I still get in, you know. Probably 5, 6 p.m. To, into Houston. Not a big deal. Show up to the airport. And this is also now the same flight that David, who was traveling with me from our team, was going to be on. So we, we go to the airport. We get there about 1 o'clock. Everything's on time. Good to go. So we figure the PSA thing is, is fixed. So about 20 minutes before the flight is due to leave, they start saying... Well, we still got a computer glitch. It's probably going to be a little bit delayed because we're having to do all the paperwork, like the weight checks and things like that manually. So we're like, okay, we've only got 40 minute window at Charlotte. So we're like, if it's, if it's, and that's delayed, a big airport. Yeah. If it's, and usually we fly into E and a lot of other people fly out from like B, right? And that's like a 10 minute walk. So we're getting a little nervous, but we're like, that's ah, fine. We'll, you know, we'll get to Charlotte. We'll be able to get to Houston. So about 20 minutes, it's about 20 minutes late at this point and then someone starts saying it it might be canceled but it's gonna be at least another hour so we're like oh screw this so they they come out and they give give out this phone number like a special phone number to call if you're at the airport so we call it i talk to someone david's talking to someone they're like well we can't really do anything for you we can't change the flights there's nothing really for you to do the earliest we can get you in is 4 p.m tomorrow so we'd miss the whole first day of the show wouldn't be able to set up the booth Luckily, Ben was going to go in, so he could he could set up the booth. Anyway, so we talked to a couple people. They say, all right, you need to go back to the, the gate, talk to the person there. They'll be able to maybe switch you to another airline. So we go do that. And the woman is like, she, she was the grumpiest employer I've ever interacted with. She was really sarcastic. She said, I, I don't remember what she said. She said, well, we, we're, we're all out of something. I said, well, you're not all out of sarcasm, is what I told her. Because, <laughs> um, so anyway, she didn't help. So then I ended up calling someone else. David ended up calling the number back. Or no, he, he had told them to call him back. Like he'd pressed a number for them to call back once they had something. So he got someone on the phone. They ended up transferring us from American Airlines to Delta 
So they ended up being able to find us a flight the same day, but it wasn't going to leave out until like 5 p.m. So originally I was meant to fly out 7.45 a.m. So now I'm flying out 5 p.m. Good news is I got to watch the whole England game in the bar, which was kind of cool, and England won. Go England. But it was going to get us in at like midnight. So now we realize that we're flying into a different airport than we were originally going to fly into. Because instead of going through Charlotte to Houston, um, Bush... We're going to, I forget the other the name of the, the other um, airport in, in Houston, but we go through Atlanta to the other airport. So we're like, okay, bags. We've got to figure out bags because we check bags. So we talk, talk to Americans and say, are our bags getting transferred? They said, yeah, let me check. They put us on hold. They said, yes, we talked to baggage handling. They've transferred your bags. They're going to be on your flight. You're good to go. So we're like, all right, great. So finally, get to Atlanta. That flight's delayed. We end up getting into, um, and I, I had dinner plans with a bunch of clients and stuff, so I had to blow all that off. So we get into Houston um, at midnight, wait there for our bags. Everyone's bags coming out. Our bags do not no. show up. So then we call, um, and we go to Delta, because now we're flying Delta. We go to talk to the Delta persons, like, do you have our bags? Where are they? We have no record of your bags. You're going to have to call American. So... We call American back. They track the bags. They're at the other airport in Houston. No. Oh. This is this is this is about twelve fifteen, twelve twenty at this point. So we're like, how far is the other airport? They're like, it's forty five minutes away. So your options are basically you can go to your hotel room, say screw your bags, but we needed to get up in the morning to set up the booth for the trade mm-hmm. show. And David has asthma and needs his magic medication. So we're like, screw it, we'll just we'll get an Uber. So we took a 45-minute Uber, wow. get to the other airport at 1 a.m., which, which, by the way, is 2 a.m. our time because right. we're now on Central mm-hmm. instead of. So we're, we're wiped. And then um, wait about 20 minutes there, get our bags, end up getting to the hotel room about 2 a.m., which, wow. again, is 3 a.m., get to sleep, and then had to get up and set up our booth at 8 the next morning. So get up, have to set up our booth, Start, um, ben had got there the night before but got kicked out because vendors aren't allowed in there after 10 p.m. He'd gotten in late. He'd set up the backdrop but hadn't set up the electronics. So we get there in the morning. It's like 8 o'clock. Start unboxing stuff. Take our TV out. Our TV screen is completely smashed. <gasps> oh, my God. So now Ben has to go to Walmart at like 8.30 in the morning knowing the trade show starts at 10 and go get a TV to come back. And guess what? We were ready to go for 10 a.m., but we were very, very tired that day. And probably really and, grumpy. Yeah, yeah, a little grumpy, huh? So, so all in all, England won, so I was happy. <laughs> that, that's the moral of the story. Yeah. So you want to hear about the show? I thought we did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it sounded like so, the show to me. So that that was our our drama leading wow. up to the show. Coming back wasn't so bad. A flight from Charlotte did get delayed, but it, we were only back like an hour later than we should have been. So that, that was good. So how would you rank the show overall? Was it a good one? How did it well, compare to last year? So uh, for fuel? <laughs> on a one to seven scale. Yeah. On a <laughs> so random. Um, for fuel in general, it was a really, really good show. You know, we've been doing it on and off. We, we've been doing it as fuel for about three, four years now, I think. We've been there at, on behalf of some of our like white label partners before that. Um, hands down, Fuel had the most foot traffic we've ever had. Right? I think people are beginning to know our brand. I think a lot of people were talking about the podcast, which was great. Um, a lot of people were looking for us. So our conversations went from being, you know, the first couple of years was like, who's Fuel? What do you do? Right? It was just random people stopping and, you know, gauging what, whether or not we're a fit. Taking your freebies. Yeah, yeah. This year, you know, we've done a better pregame and, and I think just awareness. You know, we've been hospitality focused for only since 2015, right? So we really, you know, even though our company's been around for over 20 years, we're fairly new to exclusively and really being serious in the hospitality industry. So you know, I think our name's getting out there a little more. So so bigger groups, like groups of 5, 10, 20, 50 hotels were coming to us and saying, you know, I, I, I'm using this solution and here are my challenges and i know you offer booking engine mobile app whatever it was right and so we're having a lot of people come to find us specifically because they wanted our solutions which which was really good so 
that from from a fuel perspective, very 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 happy. Um, from an industry perspective, I'd say there were two or three trends that that permeated through the whole thing. Just talking to people and what I, what I observed. One, I would say, um, innovation level surprised me this year. Like I think a couple of years ago, you know, it was all like AI, chatbots, VR, blah blah. You know, like the buzzy word stuff. Mm-hmm. There was less of that this year, which is probably a good thing. But I also think overall less less innovation. Um, but some of where the innovation was, which is, again, this is technology conference. So you're thinking like, you know, CRS and you're thinking revenue management solutions, things like that. Um, a lot of the startups, the, the 20X stuff, were guest experience enhancements, like operational efficiencies that were going to improve the guest experience. And, and I'll talk about some of those in a second. But that that was kind of pleasing to see. Mm-hmm. Not, nothing like revolutionary, but like simple stuff. And, and I'll tell you who my favorite was later on. But the, it was simple solution that solves a real problem that every hotel should consider. Um, so there, there was that. That was one trend. The other thing... Um, and, and, you know, we were giving away our, our technology study at, at the show. That go? Really good. People yeah. loved it, um, which we're going to be doing a download in the next couple of weeks. We're reaching out to vendors and putting some more content in it. We're going to have a downloadable version later on. So it's ex- exclusively available at high tech. Um, but one of the things we identified was that integration in the industry is severely lacking. Like the old school um, mainstay systems that a lot of people use don't play well with a lot of the newer tools right and there's just not a lot of transparency and integration so the the second trend i would say is there's a lot of companies getting into this like middleware data stream kind of business so you know i don't know if you saw a snapshot announced that they're pivoting a little bit they're going to be providing this this data stream two-way kind of bridging the gap between systems and people that need utility Mm -hmm. from the data um Navis are getting into that in a big way on the customer side. Um, SiteMinder's getting into that business. Uh, there was a handful of, of, of others, startups as well, like Happy, HAPI, was another one that's getting into that business. So basically providing a, a bridge between you know, two different types of software. They, they would be the data hub between the two. So that was really big. And it could be between like just the PMS and the booking engine or PMS yeah, it could, and it could be PMS and booking engine. It could be like, um, any kind of marketing software. Right. So, so it could be, um, a, a single point of truth of guest. So pulling mm-hmm. in data from multiple places. So, so in the case of Navis, they're pulling it from, uh, the website, from, from the booking engine, from the CRS, from the PMS, and just building the single point of all the information you have on the guest in one single place and then providing data out on people can query that and, and you know, do things, interesting things with that. That's pretty awesome because I mean, we worked with Navis for years. Right. And it's a great platform, but every client that we've had that's ever worked with Navis, you have the Navis platform and you have other platforms and you have data in one spot and not the other right. spot. And it was, it's always been a nightmare when you're looking at trying to bridge you know, that data, multi-point right? yeah. conversion, see 360 yeah. view of the guest. So they're trying to solve that problem, and and, and I think we're going to spend a lot of time. Fuel is going to spend a lot of time talking to Navis over the upcoming months. How can we, you know, contribute to that? How can we benefit, or how can our clients benefit from mm-hmm. from that? So a lot of people are getting into that space. That seems to be like the cool, hip, trendy thing right now, but also probably one of the most valuable things that the industry needs at this point as well. So. Yeah, that was really good. And then kind of parlaying onto that, the other thing I noticed was that the PMS companies, the traditional old school PMSs, so like, you know, the operas, the Spring and Millers, people like that, the maestros, um, Agilisys, folks like that, way more open to integration than they ever used to be. That's good. Yeah, so that I think they're realizing, right? Because we got this, this kind of split between uh, PMSs right now, where you've got these old guard that are feature rich, very robust, lots of users, right? Lots of lots of properties on on their systems, um, but probably don't have the the cutting edge innovation that some of these newer guys, like the stay in touches of the world, have. Right? They, these guys are built from mobile first. They're going for like 
um, not needing someone at the front desk, you know, automation kind of stuff. And uh, there's a lot of individuals trying to integrate with, with PMS companies right now. And it's easier to integrate with the new guys, but the problem is the new guys don't tend to have the features that the more sophisticated properties need. So the fact that these old older folks, uh, older folks, the, the, the legacy systems are embracing future. A lot of them are going cloud-based. A lot of them that weren't like SQLized are going SQL. Um, they're really beginning to embrace the future. So, you know, I, I couldn't see a path forward because it was going to take too long for the new guys to adopt all the features that the, the old guard had. Um, and I didn't think the old guard was ever going to innovate at the rate that they needed to. So it's really good. Like having conversations with folks like Springer Miller at the, at the conference was really refreshing because they're really embracing new technology and, and doing things that are innovative and are going to benefit their customers. So yeah, I mean, of all of them, I think what Springer Miller is doing is, is pretty amazing. And it's always been frustrating because you have those great systems, the stay in touches, the flip twos, and everyone else that this is where people, this is what the customers want. But then you had the PMS side, which is what the operators wanted, and there was always that disconnect. So yeah. that's refreshing to hear. Yeah, it, it was really good. So definitely, I think there's a lot of innovation going on in the PMS space. Um, I will say this um, Opera, for the first time, were very open to, to integration. It's traditionally they're very difficult to integrate with just they're a pain you have to pay a lot of money you have to get to the right people you have to have a certain amount of accounts but this year they were very open and and i think part of that is because talking to all the pms companies a lot of them said we are getting so much opera business like a lot of people are leaving opera and going to these other property mm -hmm. management systems hmm. because you know they just run into issues so um I think Opera's wised up to that. They're probably hemorrhaging a little bit from just anecdotally from what I've talked to people. Uh, so I, th I think that's that's part of the ecosystem and part of the reason we're seeing the trends that we're seeing. But that's pretty cool. That was good. So do you want to um, hear about some of the standouts? Yes. Please. All right. So first, uh, and these, these are no particular order. These are just scribbled down notes from people I talked to. I talked to a lot of people. So the first one is Hey Mojo. Honestly, I don't really even remember talking to these people that, that much, but um, they, <laughs> no offense, I, I don't, but um, one of the few chatbot AI kind of systems out there, right? So they're, they're really trying to tackle um, some of the simpler questions that you, that you might get. So I was expecting to see more of this type of stuff. Um, these are the first one I've seen that's really hospitality specific. So they're dealing with like reservation related questions. Mm. Pet friendly type mm. stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, next I was uh, Guestbook. You guys, you come across them, right? I've come across them a lot lately. Yeah, they, they, they seem to be doing a good, uh, good job marketing. So any ideas what they do? They are, they offer various rewards like gift cards and things like that for loyalty, basically. Yeah, yeah. so it's similar. Do you remember last year, like our pick of the show was um, uh, Stay Wonderful? Stay yes. Wonderful? Mm -hmm. Yes. Similar kind of concept to that. So, so you know, basically, I think the guest gets 5% back of what they spend back in the form of gift cards yeah, and things like yeah. that. So just incentives similar. for loyalty and, and instant gratification rewards, that, that kind of stuff. Which is cool. Yeah. There's a few people playing in that space, so they're, they're they're one of the better ones. Doing certainly marketing themselves better than the most. You know, honestly, stay wonderful. It's gone pretty quiet. Like, uh, you know, they won the the 20x last year at the show. Hmm. I haven't really heard a whole lot from them since then. You know, I think I've come across one client that uses them. Yeah, one client was just requesting it recently. Yeah. So, um, you know, whatever. Guestbook, I see a lot. Yeah. A, a proposal mm -hmm. we just put together. I know that site was using it. So yeah, it's a yeah. good idea. It's not that hard for the Yeah, it's yeah. something hotel super simple. You, get that you know, you get a whatever gift card to Starbucks or yeah. something actually usable. Right. Um, next that was Jibestream. So these guys are interesting and, and they've been in other industries and that that's what I found. That there was a lot of um, the startups had been successful in other industries and were trying to get into the hospitality industry. Hmm. So what they did do is um, basically visualization of the property. So they, they create the map. So they basically get your blueprints of the property and create a visual map and, and, and have like an, the developer kit 
to interact with that map however you want. So what they're trying to do is partner with folks like us that have, say, a mobile app, right? So that you can wayfind at the property. So we could inside the app say your room is 220 and show turn by turn directions so of how to get to your it's thing. It's essentially Google Maps for a hotel for an individual hotel. That's cool at property level or or event space or what you know whatever kind of locations you have. And the, and the business model, it, it was like um, an annual fee, like $3,000 to $20,000 a year based on the complexity of the property. Um, but where, where I think they're looking to take it and where, you know, we're going to probably evaluate them in terms of integration with our app if the PMS allows it, if, if the properties want it. But we could do things now with, with this kind of data, such as at check-in, you know, because our mobile app, Guest Express, allows the guests to check in. We could show them, do what Hilton's doing, and show them a map of the property and let them pick a room visually. Pretty cool. You know? So that that's, I thought that was pretty neat. And again, they've been doing this in, in other industries, and now they're getting into the hotel space. All right, so the, the next two are kind of related. So the first one is Impala, and, and those guys are, are European-based. Um, but what they're trying to do is make it easier for folks like us to get into the market. So... What they're trying to do is get integrations with all the PMS companies and then build a single API by which you can access all the PMSs. Wow. Right? That's pretty cool. So it's something that we've talked about for a long time, right? Because we have dozens of PMS integrations. So it would, and we kind of do because our guest desk booking engine has an API that you can call. So regardless of what PMS, you can call certain things, but it's, it's limited, right? It's not a full on reservation system API. So what they're doing is, is trying to simplify that. So, you know, for someone like me, if, if they had, you know, 50 or 100 PMS integrations and I was a new company wanting to create a booking engine, I could immediately tell people I'm, I'm integrated with 50 PMSs. And, and their business model is pretty, pretty straightforward. It's flat monthly fee per group that's connecting to them. So, so say Fuel was connecting to them. It would be between, I think, 300 pounds and uh, or quid as he said because they're english so 300 quid and a thousand pounds per month for me to get access to the pro the product and then per property it's going to be like 14 pounds to 40 pounds a month so i i could scale that right if i was a booking engine or something like that so i think their limitation right now is the integrations they have they have about six pms's all European smaller PMSs. I think the only one. I mean, have they broken into the U.S. market? Yet? I think that's what they're trying to do. Yeah, like they didn't have a booth. It was a guy that stopped by my booth. Um, so they the only one that they just signed, I think, is Infor, which again was European, mm -hmm. but they're getting into the the U.S. market. But you know, I told them, you know, I, I think it's something we would look at using because it could help short, you know, short circuit our development life cycle once they have penetration in some mm -hmm. of the big boys. Right, they've got to get Opera. They gotta get Springer Miller. They gotta get Maestro. They gotta get IQware. They, you know, they gotta get MSI. They gotta get Agilisys. All their different flavors, right? Once they've got those guys, this is a product that's gonna mean folks can innovate in the industry a lot faster. Mm -hmm. Because this isn't just like the other stuff I've talked about, which is like a data stream, like pulling guest information, pulling inventory. This is a real two-way interface to the booking engine or for a booking engine or for CRS or for channel management or whatever it is. So I think you're going to see a lot of innovation once they figure out, you know, once they get in with these guys, you know, right. um, it might take them a while. And, and again, this is something we've talked about a fuel doing, and it might be something we end up doing in the future. So, if we don't. But it's interesting though, because it seems like the takeaway for this year is really the year of the PMS. I mean, is that, is that accurate? It, it seems like everything is kind of more, whereas last year was very aspirational. Hey, this would be a cool idea. But this seems more, this is a lot this more grounded. This is stuff done. This, yeah. is, this is, year is definitely a lot more grounded. Um, I wouldn't call it necessarily the PMS, but I, I would say it's, it may be the year that the PMS companies are waking up to the fact that innovation is being stifled by the PMS companies. You know, that they are the legacy dinosaur in the industry that is preventing a lot of what the innovation that's happened outside of the hospitality mm -hmm. industry, right? If you look at every other industry, um, I, I feel like they're further along than, than hospitality in terms of technology, 
you know. Mm-hmm. So, and I think this is the year that people are waking up and, and solving some of the real limitations that have held back the company. So, the next one I want to talk about, which relates to that, is Happy. So, HAPI. I kind of mentioned them earlier. These these are guys that, um, and and I want to get to know them a little more and understand it a little bit more. But um, Ed from Flip to Ed Saint Ange, who was the guy that created Easy Yield, sold it to Travel Travel Click. He speaks really, really highly of them. And and he's not the kind of guy that just is going to talk highly of someone unless they're legit. And uh, they're trying to do this data kind of stream thing where they're, they're in an integration between everyone and everyone kind of uses them as a data hub. Uh, but they're, they're, they're doing some interesting stuff related to how to use the data, which, which I think is what's missing in a lot of these other things. So, for example, he gave... Uh, happy access to the the data that flip two has for the past 12 months and said run it through your algorithms and have your ai kind of look at it for insights so see what trends there are see what you can find related to sentiment stuff like that and he gave me a bunch of examples of actionable things that they learned from it so one of them which i thought was really cool was they looked at the correlation between negative stays, like people that said they would not stay again mm-hmm. or, or didn't have a great time, and the interaction at the front desk and find a high correlation right. that if you have a bad interaction at the front desk, you're likely to have a, a bad stay. But it goes beyond that. They found that the longer you're staying, the less that front desk interaction has an impact. Hmm. So you have time as a property to make it up to the guest, right? So if someone's staying one night or two nights and they have a bad interaction at the front desk, you've probably blown it with them. If they're staying seven nights, probably not as big a factor, right? So one of the things they learned was, you know, obviously turnover of rooms is, is, is a big challenge in the industry, especially in a busy destination, right? right? So you, we've all been there where you go to check in at three or four and your room's not ready. Yeah. So what one of the the actionable items that came out of that insight is if you have um you haven't turned over your rooms you have people waiting to check in you should prioritize which is counterintuitive you should prioritize the, the shorter shortest stays, stays yep in in against the longer stays because yeah. you're likely to have the chance to make it up to the longest days. Yeah. Right. Which makes sense if you think about it. Right. The longer you're there, the further back that is in your memory. And But if you didn't have that data, you probably wouldn't think sure. that way. You'd sure. probably think, oh, this guest is staying longer. They're more valuable to me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to treat them better. Yeah. Right. That would be the right logical way to think about it. And this is kind of counterintuitive, but in hindsight with the data, it makes sense. I so want to talk to these guys. So that's the kind of stuff that happy can provide. Right. Which, which I think is really, really powerful. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, so you guys want to hear my favorite thing at the show? Yes. Yes. All right. So Go my, for it, Oprah. So, so this is, yeah, you get a vote. You get a. Um, so this, this, is, this is quintessential American dream mom and pop thing. So this kid, I say kid, he's probably late 20s, early 30s, had talked to his buddy who was in the hotel industry who said, here's a problem that we have in the hotel industry. And this kid came up with a solution for that problem, went out and figured out how to build a prototype for that, how to get it manufactured. Now his dad sells it for him. So is the dad and the son were the guys that, and these are on the, the 20X. And it's called Trayaway. And basically what it is, I got a little brochure here somewhere. Um, but yeah, so basically what it is, is look, it's this little stand up thing with a single button Okay, kind of think of think of like a uh, what's that Amazon tap? Not yeah, the tap, dash. The, dash, the dash, the dash button, right? So it's a single button on it. it ties to a, an app on the back end that you can access on your phone, your tablet, or, or your website, which is a, a dashboard. So when I order room service and room service is ready to bring my tray up, they put one of these tray away buttons on on the table, scan the number, so they know which room this particular one is going to. And when they deliver it, they press the button and it's activated. Okay? okay. So now they know where that button is and whose room it's in. Right. When I'm done with my food, with my, with whatever I ordered, I press the button. I can e- either leave the tray in my room or outside the door. 
and a timer starts and the staff know to come pick up that tree. So I don't have That's to interact cool. with anyone. I don't have to call anyone and I don't have to leave a tree. Because we've all been in hotels, right, where there's a tray laying out in the corridor. Right, for, kind of, hours. for hours. And you get like these rotten looking bananas or whatever it is. It's my favorite spot for a snack. Yeah, you Wait, you're taking that from me? Yeah. Pete, that's not surprising at all. <laughs> so, so th- this, I mean, it's a simple problem. That's amazing. Simple solution. Yeah. You know, it's a family-run business. Um, really, really cool. Just, just, I love the simplicity of it. And uh, the business model is smart. They, they, it's a software-as-a-service model. It's, it's, you know, a couple of dollars a month per room or something like that. It scales based on your property size. Do, does... They publicly, pri- they, they publish the pricing on, on their thing so everyone knows it real simple so i really hope uh, and they i talked to them about the type of clients they're getting and it's all like high-end luxury kind of stuff right now but this is the kind of thing that i really feel like every hotel could benefit from does amazon take all their business it, potentially right there's a there's a threat there in terms of Am- saying a very amazon come pick up my for sure and in that case a button's easier than saying that it probably you is. take it and you put it outside. Oh yeah, if it's already sitting on your tray, it's <laughs> yeah. easy bang. You're, you're I don't done. know, man. I, I just think it's cute. That's a cool idea. I like it. I it's really a simple like that. idea. Yeah. yeah, that was my favorite thing in the whole show. What was the weirdest thing you saw? <sighs> so I don't, I don't remember the name of this company, but it was entertaining. We just actually talked about it on the this week in hospitality digital marketing show. But um, there is a system for real time pest identification so you like location of pests in real time so think about um, that for a second bed bugs or well i mean you, i don't know if you're going to know every individual bed bug Roaches, but we, when i or... first saw that I, i'm like what are they like rfid tagging every rat that comes into the property <laughs> or like every roach or something like that but um so it I don't know. I think it was kind of funny. Yeah, is we, it, we had a lot of jokes about like it. You, you press a button. I, I saw a roach in room 204. Yeah. So that's what it is. It's not really real time. It's more of a incident tracking system sure. where, you know, room X had a roach at this time, right? So you can kind of monitor where the, where the activity is and then whatever. But I, I'll be honest. I didn't see a lot of people by that booth. <laughs> well, yeah, because... As a hotel, you don't want to be there on their client list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's someone said that. It's like how you get you get notoriety in the in the industry and how you sell is through case studies. Yeah, who the hell wants to be their case? I know. Studies? Yeah, <laughs> but to start with, I was thinking, okay, you you can tag every single insect in your property, maybe catch them and release them in the in the competing neighbor property, right. and uh, and then you can track where they are there, and maybe you can brain control them. And tell them to come out and scare all their clients. The black hat time. pest control. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Re- yeah. Relocate the pests to your your competitors. Oh, that's awful. Yeah, hmm. but uh, honestly, though, you could have a good case study there. Say you were that that property. We that used had, to have bed bugs. We, I mean, if, mm-hmm. if all your reviews on TripAdvisor say roaches, 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 and then you get this thing and you don't have yeah. those reviews anymore. Mm-hmm. Yep. That could be. That, that could there be there a were a couple there. of companies there that were doing this kind of. Uh, they call it real time, but it's really incident tracking. Mm-hmm. So there was another one there. Uh, I forget the name, but they did uh, RFID tags throughout the property. So, like every uh, fire extinguisher, every piece of equipment has some kind of RFID tag. So if you have someone that's meant to be monitoring the whole property for compliance, mm. for you know oh. safety and security. And maybe you're not sure if they do their, like say it's a security guard, right? And they're meant to walk a specific route That's on yeah. a certain time frame. You put strategically placed RFID tags throughout the property at specific locations on that route. And that person has <coughs> to log every one of them. So it proves that they do their entire rounds, right. right? So for security, compliance, things like that, that kind of technology. There was a couple of people doing that. And a couple of them were coming from the, um, from the cruise industry. They they'd done it on the cruise lines. They were trying to get into the hospitality industry, so that that was pretty cool. So like overall, was it a show worth going to? Yeah, I mean, I you know, high tech is the uh, Super Bowl of technology in the industry. Mm-hmm. You know, I think when you go there, if you're a hotelier and you haven't been there, you should absolutely try it, but go with a plan. 
do your research because it's overwhelming. It, I mean, there are thousands of vendors there. It literally takes 10 minutes to walk from one side of the conference to the, the, the trade show. So to talk to me about the scale of it. I don't know that that's been communicated. Like there's, how big? I, there's over this? a thousand vendors, but there's, I, I want to say there's seven to 8,000 attendees. Um, and they do it in conjunction with the um, revenue optimization conference from HSMI Rock. And then they also have an education track for uh, HFT, HFTP's high tech as well. So a lot of people go there from educational sessions as well as for the trade show. Mm-hmm. But it's where, you know, every year this is where a lot of the big companies make their big announcements, like mm-hmm. the latest version, the latest innovation, things mm-hmm. like that. And it's certainly the place. The, the, X, the 20X stuff, the, the startups is always interesting. You're always going to learn something. That's where the Trey Away guys were, you know, was mm-hmm. it, this thing. They literally have been in business a couple of weeks and um, already have a, a handful of clients. So, yeah, really worth going. Um, there weren't a lot of people like us, you know. I think like the travel clicks were there. Some of the big guys, travel triple was there. Um, not, but the, not a ton of people that do what we do, you know, yeah. full service agency and software stuff. So, so who should be worried about the trend of high tech this year? I mean, is, is there like an industry that you did not see that? <gasps> I, I didn't see any blockchain. What? <laughs> not yet. There was a couple of VR place, places. Um, no blockchain. Yeah. What was the VR? Um, just VR, like uh, room tours and stuff like that. A couple of companies just producing content. Um, a lot of people talking AI in, like, in their product, you know, using AI to do something better, like revenue optimization, you know, marketing, whatever it is. Well, that's cool. So it wasn't yeah. a, hey, AI, it we are AI. Okay. No, it that's was. Cool. Yeah, there was no one out there saying, I'm a hotel AI, AI company. It, it was we do this and we use AI to do it, you know? So, um, yeah, again, I think overall it was a really good show. Great for fuel. A lot of, lot of good conversations for us. Um, I think the podcast certainly is, is proving it's proven to me that the podcast is reaching people because we had a lot of people that came to us talking about the podcast, which was great. Um, and I have a fan. Yeah. And people, when people quote always be testing, pretty awesome well it it resulted in us getting t-shirts yeah we're gonna have a testing t-shirts um but i did i did want to save this for the very end so we there was one company that i haven't mentioned yet so you ready for b news b news so there's a company and and i know this guy he used to work expedia i actually met him at the hsmi conference in model beach where we were keynote last year He just left Expedia to go to this new company, Beekeeper. What? Yeah. And they had little hexagon pictures on it, too. Yeah. So as soon as I saw this, I was like, holy cow, I have content. And I told him, I was like, we do this section of the podcast called Bee News. You guys are going to be our Bee News this week. So what Beekeeper does, which is pretty cool. And again, this is another one that's been outside of the hospitality industry and had success coming into the hospitality industry. But what Beekeeper does is internal communication for the staff. Oh, so, that's good. so it's kind of like internet <clears throat> communication. So it you don't have to have like Facebook groups and private chats and you know group text messages and stuff. It's it's a holistic um, product. They provide devices for it. it. Like it's it's just streamlines and and they've got a lot of case studies on how it improves ROI. So it's how your staff so from maintenance and housekeeping to front desk to everyone how they communicate how you know it's it's just a pretty neat product a lot of people on the operation side were really happy were they buzzing about it they were buzzing about it it was like a hive mind (laughs) i love this yeah i think it's a pretty sweet solution hang on a second i got more yeah (laughs) It's going to so take off. Once you become yeah. a dad, do you just spit out these jokes? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> okay, nice. It's hormonal. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I thought Beekeeper should be mentioned on the podcast. That's pretty awesome. And we'll, we'll put links to all these guys that we talked to on the show notes, which is fueltravel.com slash podcast, and click on episode 90. Nine zero. Pete, do you have some B news? Not really, not too much. Uh, right because now, because last week we were all optimistic, right? I know. Well, right now I'm in bereavement. 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 Oh. Because I have a, or I had a serious wax moth problem, 
And what is a wax mall? I'm assuming everybody already knows this, but wax malls are a big problem for work bees because uh, whoa, whoa. the moth lays its eggs, you know, if the hive is not strong, in the wax, and the the little larvae eat the wax. And because of my hive was so weak, I had a big issue with uh, wax moths. And so Pete's unfortunately, oh. right now. Oh, my oh, that's goodness. terrible. Can we post that? <clears throat> you yes. have to put that in the show notes. Holy cow. It's horrible. <gasps> what is that thing? Those are wax moths. So when larva. you... Do so they get wings wow. eventually? They turn into... Yeah, moths. Like a big ones. Yeah, I mean, this isn't the Metamorphosis Wait. podcast, but... <laughs> It goes from that to a moth. Ooh-wee. So, so did you know what wax moths were before that happened? Did, did you have yes. to Google yeah. that? But this happened. And when you see the picture, if, if uh, you care enough. Uh, Fueltravel.com yeah. slash podcast. <laughs> but click if, on if episode you, 90. Yeah. If you've never been to the show notes before, go You're for this. definitely coming where you for need this. To go. So anyway, oh, this God. happened within a week. Wow. I checked ah. the hive two weeks ago. Parasites. And you know, it, they were weak, but they were doing okay. And a week later, the next weekend, I checked them out. It's actually about nine days later. So do they kill out the bees because they don't have enough places to store the honey? Or That's what? what I was going to say. Does it take up too much space or what? Well, no. It actually it weakens the 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 wax. Yeah. So basically, I mean, you, you figure the bees live, the wax is their home. Right. And the, like the colony actually, like the hive right. collapses. Right. So, so, so the wax you, becomes no longer usable for a bee to... So store can you honey, cut it out? Store like what, what do you do at this point? Well, on a small hive, yeah, or a strong hive, the bees are able to keep them in check. You know, they're able to kill them and, not, them and and prevent them from getting out of control. My problem was I had too big of a hive, and I didn't effectively bring it down to the smallest possible size that they needed. Oh, uh, yeah. So they didn't have enough bees to effectively control. So you control. should have taken out some of the I should have. slides. Yeah, th- I should have taken out those frames that yeah. weren't being used. Yeah. Because I didn't, I, I had more wax than Spread bees out. that could Protect. manage that wax. So. so what are you doing now? What's the, are your bees mostly, dead? Mostly or? drinking and uh, <laughs> trying to find a new source of bees. So because I have, bees I have no bees. This could be the last b- 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 bee update. Can we call James Hetfield or no? I, I think we need to put in a call to him. <laughs> so, but we, hey, we've been here before. We've been at rock bottom in the past. We have. And, and we've come back. And, and it, it's only been, I've only been a beekeeper for a year. Do we need a GoFundMe for your bees? Yes. It's about a hundred bucks or so for a new, you know, nucleus of a hive. Pete, I'm going to set that up for you. All right. Yeah, we'll do it. Oh, you listen. I feel like the listeners would chip in. A it, it, bucks it's it's painful. Needs. I know listener Alex would, would help Alex us out Alex would there. totally give you a few so, bucks to buy some bees. Yeah. So it's, it's really sucks. I, I'm. I'm gonna be honest with you. So I didn't. You, I didn't you, want to talk about this on the podcast because it. You're almost up really. Right now, it makes yeah. me very upset. Are you gonna eliminate the moths? Like, what do you do? You're just gonna let them. No. So I took all my my hives apart and I laid them out, and then the birds just went nuts. The birds came and ate. Yeah. The carcasses. They the destroyed them. I laughed the whole time as <laughs> the <laughs> birds are just going in. They're eating these wax moth larvae. It made my day watching them all die. Screw you, wax moth. Yep. I've never heard of a wax moth before. Me neither. <coughs> and that thing well, you, you, it's, you, it's a, it looks like a regular moth. Yeah. And you wouldn't know any different unless you were a, and, Unless you a were beekeeper. zoomed in there. That looked like it'd be like a hawk moth. That thing was so big. Well, you know a lot about moths, it sounds like, Phil, because I don't know what that is. <laughs> but the big it, ones. It They're literally, huge. within a week, they grew that, that big. Holy wow. Cow, man. So, and we'll post them to the show. You're notes. a bad bee dad. I am. I've, I failed. Stole keeping. too much of their honey He's before it. the before the winter, so well, they died. Okay, I think I mentioned it before. Every year, I pick something. To, I learn a new yeah, skill you did lock every year. Picking before beekeeping, lock picking, beekeeping, well, whatever yeah. it might be. And I need to stay on beekeeping for a little bit longer because clearly, I don't know how to do it's it. Your, well. It's your first year. You're still a rookie. It's okay. I am. So call yourself an apiarist. I, I do. He's a rookie apiarist. Yes. Mm. Wow, what a downer, man. We it had is. such a positive episode, and you're going to bring us down. So anyway, that's that's my B news. Mm. Mine was better, I feel like. I feel like it was, too. Mm. At least more positive. Yeah. It was maybe more interesting than yeah, cause beekeeper. Wax moths don't communicate with uh, each other. Wha- if they had... Oh, dude, we need to create a competing product to beekeeper <laughs> yeah. called wax moth. Yes. <laughs> no one would get it. We're going to take their yeah. business. So then now there's two animals I hate. Okay, what's the other one? Cats. Why do you hate cats? Because cats are cats. I have no interest in cats. 
You can say it because Misha's not on the show anymore. That's true. They just want to push everything off the counter. That's yeah. okay. <laughs> they they want to what? Push things off. Push the everything off. Is the that counter. their purpose in life? I think it is. Yeah, you're not. No one hears a cat love, are they? No. Not anymore. I don't dislike cats. I just don't get them. Yeah. Well, they don't like you, and yeah. that's about that. Okay. Well, I think we killed this episode, boys yep. and girls. Is there any other questions about high tech? We done? That is everything I have. Okay. Well, yeah. If if you've never been to high tech, I, I thoroughly recommend it. We will definitely be there next year, and we're going to be doing live interviews, so that'll be fun. And uh, if you want to check out any of the companies we talked about, go to fueltravel.com slash podcast, click on episode 90, and you'll have links to all of those. i got to go Google them to find all their URLs, but uh, we'll, we'll have that. And we'll have a picture of the wax moths, which is disgusting. Uh, and awesome. Yeah. And uh, we'll have links to the news, especially that really good trends article. We don't from do Expedia. news. No, news sorry. News <laughs> Uh, Pete, where can I find you on the web? They can find me on Twitter at PDMAO, P-D-I-M-A-I-O. Melissa. I am at M-A Cavanaugh, M-A-K-A-V-A-N-A-G-H. And Philip. You can find me on Twitter at P Fariska, P-F-O-R-I-S-K-A. And you can find me at Stuart Butler. You can find us collectively at Fuel Travel. We would love to get your questions and we will answer them on the show. And again, please leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. We would really, really appreciate it. We'll read that out on the show as well. And until next time, you have been listening to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. A ham sandwich walks into a bar and orders a beer. Bartender says, we don't serve food here. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. That was good.